The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part? It's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. The Tampa Bay Lightning take a 2-0 series lead in the Stanley Cup Finals against the Canadians as we travel back to Montreal on Friday for Game 3. Welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson. Chase Crawshaw with me today. And Chase, we got to talk about the game. We just finished up the game Wednesday night. We are coming to you at 11.04 Eastern Time. But first, let me get your overall feelings. How are you feeling? I am elated is the word I want to use. Uh, yeah, f- feel, feeling good, feeling great, feeling happy. Uh, you know, game one, we obviously saw our Tampa Bay Lightning kind of dominate Montreal struggle a little bit. Game two, a little bit of the opposite, and Tampa wins either way. Uh, as I love to mention, you know, these championship winning teams just find ways to win. It's kind of what happened in both these games. We'll go a little more in-depth, of course. But, yeah, I, I'm just feeling fantastic. How are you? You know, at first I was a little relieved, but now – now that the game's over, now that we got the win, now that we're up 2 nothing, won both home games, I'm just buzzing. So excited to get the show going, Chase. Why don't we hop into game one right off the bat? Uh, a game that really didn't see as much action as game two saw, but a good game for the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were able to put quite a few past carry price where Montreal not even able to get 20 shots on Vasilevsky and that only led to one goal. Yeah. And you know, Vasilevsky, he played very well when he had to make the saves didn't have to make too many, but he did play well and Tampa just did what they do. They, they continued to just be an incredibly efficient team. That's something that you know, they're, they're fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're a very efficient hockey team. It, it's something that, you know, you, you love to see uh, it's, it's what works in, in the playoffs, it's what works for long-term success. So it, it was a, it was a very good game. Um, you know, people were complaining a lot, saying that, oh, Sergachev, he slammed Gallagher into the ice. Oh, my gosh. Been, oh, my gosh. He's trash. Um, well, there's a reason that he did not get a fine or a suspension, whereas Shea Weber did get a fine for his slash because Sergachev didn't do a damn thing. Gallagher tried taking Sergachev down, failed miserably, and landed face first. So 
that's on him. And Gallagher's a tough guy anyway. So, you know, he came back fine. No issues anyway uh, in the next game, uh, which was game two, of course. But yeah, so really, you know, that that's the one thing that stood out to me from that game. It's just more fans for trying to find reasons to cry against the Tampa Bay Lightning when we just do not care when we got our seat on the covering plug in our left ear. Maybe we'll have one more plug in our right ear. <laughs> and it's so nice because when we move on over to game two, we see there's no reason for fans to complain about the Tampa Bay Lightning and say that, you know, it's rigged or they cheated or anything because Montreal absolutely dominated this game. Vasilevsky was just the better goalie. And I mean, talk about the goal of the playoffs, the goal of the century even. I mean, Barkley Goudreau to Blake Coleman, that is your Heisman moment. We talked about how the New York Islanders in Game 6 had a Heisman-like moment where if they went on to win the Stanley Cup, that would be the moment that is shown forever, connecting them to their Stanley Cup. This is Tampa's moment right here. 100%. Blake Coleman's second goal of the playoffs, uh, he he was, I would argue he was better than Vasilevsky. I would argue he was Tampa's best player tonight. He was just everywhere. He was generating offense. He was playing tremendous defense. He was great, great in the faceoff. He, he was just, he, he he was all over the place today. He was just playing fantastic. You know, him and Vasilevsky, of course, like just great. Um, you know, those two, Coleman and Gaudreau, we gave up a lot for him, sure. Obviously, we won the cup last year, so it was worth it. This year, we're back in the finals up 2 nothing, so it's looking like it's still very, very worth it. Um who would have thought that adding these really depth guys would be the one thing that would make this team a super team? Like it, it really is. I really say like they would not have won the cup last year without these two players. They're, they would not be as far as they are this year without these two players. They play such a large role. They do, you know, all, all the dirty shit that you want your guys to do that you, you really want to, you know, boost morale, get, get your team spirits flowing. And then when they go and provide some offense, it just adds to it. It's just even better. And I mean, he's just been fantastic. I didn't think they would have this type of impact. And back at the trade deadline back in 2019, we talked about the two trades that went down. Uh, we acquired both players for first round picks. Uh, I was a little iffy on Blake Coleman, but I was okay with it in the end. The Barkley Gaudreau trade, I came out and said, I don't like it. I think it's way too much for Barkley Gaudreau. I don't think he is a piece to give up a first for. Once we won the Stanley Cup last year, I came out and said, you know, those are good deals. Now, looking back at it, now that we have a Stanley Cup reign, those are good deals. And then I reiterated that tonight. I go right on Twitter after that goal with 0.3 seconds left on the clock. And that second period was absolutely dominated by Montreal. I think the shots finished something like 14 to 4 or something like that. I go out on Twitter and go, holy shit, what a goal by Gaudreau and Coleman worth every damn penny. And that's all I can say. They they are 100% worth it. Yeah, the, the shots were 16 to 7 that period and 100%, you know, spot on. It's, it's the case. They were both very worth everything that was given up. I mean, like I, I just went on that big rant about him. We just went on a big rant. So we need to go too much more because I, I know that all the Timby Lighting fans listening, like they, they're in the same exact boat we are. These guys have just been tre- tremendous players for this franchise. Uh, I really hope that they can stick around for a few more years and try to help this team try to get a couple more cups before their window closes because eventually that is going to happen. Um, but like they've just been so awesome. I love watching them play. I, I just I love everything they do on the ice. Let's talk about Vasilevsky now, Chase. I hate to, you know, toot his horn uh, another time in this you playoffs. Don't hate to do it. You love <laughs> okay. to do it. Okay, my bad, my bad. Um, 
But game one, only faced 19 shots. Tonight, faced 43 and stopped 42 of them. He was absolute money tonight. His one goal he let up was was kind of an iffy goal. It was kind of weird. It was bouncing. He thought it would have been stopped by McDonough or Corey Perry or, or what was happening. It was kind of a weird goal to let in. But outside of that, I mean, he was unstoppable. And Chase, you talked about it on the other episode that if Montreal just racks up shots on Vasilevsky, but they're not good chances and they're not getting in and they're not going in, he's going to, his ego and his confidence is going to get boosted so high that he's going to be unstoppable. And we saw that tonight. Yeah, literally, it's exactly the case. If you get a goalie in their rhythm, it's like a running back. You know, when running back gets in the rhythm, they're going to run for 100 yards. They're going to average six, seven yards a carry easily. A goalie gets in the rhythm, they're making stupid saves that you could never believe any goalie would ever make in history. They're making, they're just save after save after save. They're not showing any cracks in their armor. And that's really what happened. You know, one goal on 43 shots, like you could say, oh, they let a goal in. What do you mean? There's no crack in armor. One goal on 43 shots in the modern day NHL where it's so predicated on scoring is fantastic. And that is a goalie playing to, you know, the best of their ability. I mean, he, he did everything you asked for your goalie to do tonight. Uh, it, it, you know, it bodes very well going on to the rest of the, the series because he just looks like a whole nother level, which somehow I don't know how Vasilevsky can reach another level, but somehow he has. He, he's really just been tremendous. And if it wasn't for Vasilevsky, Coleman, and Gaudreau, this would probably be a 1-1 series. Chase, talk about what it's like for the Montreal Canadiens now, looking at their perspective. What is it like after just dominating a game like they did tonight, yet still going down 2 nothing? It's a kick in the nuts. It really is. You know, you lose this type of game. You're going home. Uh, you know, you, you would hope that you could be playing in front of your fans. But here's the thing. They're only going to have 3,500 fans in, in the rink uh, for games three and four. So they're going to have, you know, not a lot of support. They're not really going to be able to get the juices flowing in that place. Uh, you know, the rest of their playoffs, their first two rounds, uh, you know, that was the same case. Everyone in Canada had the same amount of fans. There wasn't any. If there were some, it was very little. Then in Vegas, a little bit of a different story, but they were still able to pull it off. But with the crowd that was in uh, Tampa tonight, being down 2 nothing in the series, going back home after losing a game like this, it's a huge kick in the nuts because you're really not going to have the energy. You're going to have to try to pull everything, pull, play all your cards, pull everything out of the bag for game three. You have to come away with that win because if you lose that game, I will safely say there is 0% chance you have even a shot of sniffing and winning that series. So they have to find something in them. It's going to be very hard. They might be able to do it, but they, they absolutely have to win game three. Absolutely. And another storyline for the Stanley Cup finals is the fact that Tampa's been able to get through Carey Price. They've been able to put pucks behind them and able to take those first two games. Now, one thing that concerns me a little bit, I'm not thinking this is 100% going to happen, but something that I do keep in the back of my mind is the 2017 Stanley Cup finals between Pittsburgh and Nashville. Pekka Rene was terrible in Pittsburgh. Just absolutely terrible. However, in Nashville, he was unbelievable. In game three and four, I think he either shut out the Penguins both times or only let up one goal between the two games. And then in game six, he only let up one goal, but his team couldn't score, and it led to the Penguins' victory. But in Nashville, he was unbelievable. I'm hoping that when Carey Price gets back to Montreal, he's not feeling the same thing Pecorine was feeling. I can't imagine it's the case because like a goalie's rhythm, you know, if like players will tell you, you know, they don't hear the crowd when they're on the ice and 
you know, sure, that might be at least somewhat true. But at the end of the day, when you got 20,000 people that are yelling in unison and have or cheering at the same time, or you're they're chanting like, uh, you know, like Pekka, for example, for, for Pekka Rene, like you, you hear that stuff and that stuff gets to you. And it really like it boosts like it boosts your emotions. It gets the juices flowing and it, there's not going to be as much of that in Montreal. So my, like Carey Price himself, sure, he, he can get hot and be a really hard goalie to beat because he's a tremendous goalie. But I just don't think it's going to be anywhere near that same level that we saw with Rene because that stuff was ridiculous. It really was. And right now, the only hope for Montreal is that they have someone step up huge and that someone needs to be Carey Price. He needs to win a game. He needs to steal a game for the Montreal Canadiens if they want to have a shot at winning the Stanley Cup. But, Chase, that's going to be it for our little uh, talk on the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're now going to move into some trophies, some awards. We talked about a couple already, so we're going to go into some of the um, finalized awards that we have here. So for the first award, let's go over the heart and the Ted Lindsay. They were, they were, I mean, same person. So it's easy to go over both of them together. And, you know, it. I heard it was like a really hard vote for the voters because there wasn't a dominant player this year in the NHL. But eventually it did go to the kid from Edmonton. Yeah, that, that kid from Edmonton, you might have heard of him, Connor McDavid. He legitimately got every single vote for the heart, which is just tremendous. That, that doesn't happen that often. Uh, he, I mean, he was just a different hockey player this year. He's a different hockey player every year. He's obviously the best player in the world. What he does is special. Uh, that was recognized by the media. It was also recognized by his peers as he won the Ted Lindsay as well, which is MVP, uh, you know, voted on the NHLPA. So McDavid is obviously deserving of these awards. You know, you could try to argue that the heart is MVP. Um, like, I mean, it definitely is MVP, like most valuable player to your team. Um, so you, you could try to go with someone else to help carry their team to the playoffs a little more. But at the end of the day, without Connor McDavid, the, even with Leon Dreisaitl there, without Connor McDavid, the Edmonton Oilers are a – they might be the worst team in the league, if not if at best a bottom three team, because that's just the difference that he makes. So every single year, Connor McDavid is going to be in the running for the heart, no matter what he does, because he really is the difference of or for that Edmonton team. Connor McDavid absolutely deserving of these two awards. The one thing I'm excited for is – to see him go back to normal divisions, not just playing within Canada, because I don't know, man, I feel like it had to do a little bit with the division he was playing in. I think he still wins the heart, even if he's playing in normal divisions. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I still think he's the best player in the world. So don't be coming at me saying, you know, something crazy. Um, and I'm not saying that just to you, Chase, but everyone listening to, um, I mean, Austin Matthews was able to go insane with his goal scoring, I think a little bit had to do with the division. So I am excited to see him hop into some more normal divisions coming up next year. Um, but most definitely deserving. Yeah, there's there's a good chance that the divisions had part to play with it. But at the end of the day, I would have safely bet McDavid would be my one person to lead the league in scoring, regardless who they played, because he's just the safest bet every year. So, you know, you know, fair, fair at the end of the day, he, he was definitely deserving of it. And I yeah, I don't think it would have been too much of a discussion anyway, no matter who they played. Next up, let's talk about the Norris, Victor Hedman, in the running for that award. However, he was not the name carved into the plaque. No, that belongs to Adam Fox. I believe we both said we would have chosen him uh, when we talked about it before. I know at least I did. Um, if I remember correctly, you did too. Adam Fox is yes, very deserving of it this year. Yeah, so he, he was very deserving of it this year. He played great. Uh, he really emerged as one of these great young defensemen in the league. Um, and like he was looked at as a very good player last year too, but he just took that like 45 extra steps this year, really. And he deserves to be in the talk with 
the Kale McCars, the Quinn Hughes, the rest of Stalins. You know, he, he's and Lemire Heiskanen too. Can't forget him, of course. But he's like he's kind of that type of defenseman now. He's really got that kind of value that prestige to him. He's still young. He's got a lot of years left in the NHL. Uh, you know, it's very good signs for the New York Rangers pointing forward. It's pretty unbelievable that he comes in and wins the Norris this early on in his career. So uh, definitely a bright future over there in New York. If they can get some of those forward prospects clicking a little bit more, that team's going to be one scary fucking team. But uh, we're not focused on the future. We're focused on now. Chase, let's talk about the Vesna. We've got Marc-Andre Fleury taking it home. Uh, you can talk about the award, but also I want to know, does this put him in the Hall of Fame? I mean, I think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame regardless because, like, goaltending, there was a lot of good goaltenders in the last 10, 15 years, but there wasn't, like, a lot of just world-breaking goaltenders. So, like, Flurry was always considered in that realm, whereas the numbers he put up in his career, if he was in kind of, you know, like a different group, if he was in, like, the Hasek Broder, like, that in the wild, like, that area goaltending, he probably wouldn't be. But based on the era, you know, that he probably would have been, but this year really helped solidify it. Uh, he finally got a Vezina Trophy. He never had one before. He played great. It was career numbers, if I'm not mistaken. Um... You know, you could have argued Vasilevsky deserved to win this award. I would have happily made that argument, too. But at the end of the day, I certainly cannot complain that Fleury won this award because he really just it, it was incredible what he did this year. He really just took his game to a whole nother level that's literally never been at before as he's really like in theory should be phasing out of the league. But instead, he's just kind of rejuvenated his career and he's really helping Vegas, you know, continue to be this powerhouse. Yeah, he hadn't absolute resurgence it was actually really fun to see um and chase i know we had the argument i think it was just last year would he be and would he not be uh, this year how he performed taking home the vesna on top of the three stanley cups he has with pittsburgh it solidifies it easily in my mind and, and you said you think yeah he gets the nod so i'm happy we're on the same page now but we'll move on over to the calder trophy chase this is won by the young russian phenom who might not even be in the NHL next year? Yeah, Kirill Kaprizov, the actual pronunciation. Um, he, of course, is a very deserving winner of this award. I, you know, I think Jason Robertson definitely deserved to be mentioned too, and he was. You know, he he was up for this award as well. Um, he he was someone that played fantastic this year once he got called up, but you know, Kirill, he was just a very dominant player from day one. So. Will we see him in the NHL next year? Who knows? Uh, he's just got this weird contract holdout with uh, the Wild. I, I think he's like they said he's on a fishing trip right now, so they can't, you know, like reach out to him um, and, you know, ha have like a press conference or negotiate whatever the hell. So like there was nothing from him after he won the award. It's very weird. You don't see this type of thing like he's a star player. I don't give a fuck what kind of money he wants. Give him his damn money. You have a star player for the first time in so long and he's going to be a legitimate good player. It's not going to be a Parise Suter situation where you're signing these aging guys to contracts where they're into their late 30s. You're going to be signing a young superstar who's, you know, in his mid 20s. Just give him his money. He deserves whatever the hell he asks for. I agree 100%. I need to see him in the NHL next year. He was so good this year, buzzing on the ice. I want to see him again. If that's with Minnesota, amazing. If Minnesota for some reason trades his rights, even better cuz I mean, we talked about it so many times. If it wasn't for Kaprizov and some of their younger players, Minnesota is one of the most boring teams in the NHL. So if Kaprizov goes elsewhere and I don't have to worry about watching Minnesota anymore, hey, I'm very happy. Yeah, but the odds of that happening are so low. Like this type of guy just doesn't get traded. Uh, he doesn't go walk away as an RFA because, you know, those don't really happen. So 
it's going to be Minnesota or the, or the KHL. I hate to say it. I will safe, I will safely, you know, bet my money on it. It'll be Minnesota or the KHL. So just please to God, hope to God, Minnesota, I, sign a one-year deal. Or just figure out a way to keep him over here. Even if you lose him next year, I don't care. Just find a way to keep him over here. Kaprizov goes over to Buffalo. Jack Eichel on the way back. Not sure what else Yuck. would be a part of the trade, but... Oh man, what a, what a crazy Ew, switch that, up that would be! I I would puke seeing Eichel in that green <laughs> and red jersey. Yeah, because the jersey itself is terrible. I don't mind the colors, but I hate these new jerseys. I like their older jerseys. I hate these new jerseys. They're so bad. I I don't like any Minnesota jerseys. I, I just don't, don't like their colors together. So uh, if they want to switch to a green like Dallas is green, love Dallas is green. And then if they just want to like kick the red out completely, hey, I'm down. But Chase, we'll now talk a little bit real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. I will, I will. Hey, got it. Just bring back the North Stars colors, green and yellow. That work? Yeah, that's fine. They gotta have a little better green, I think. Yeah, you go go a little bit of a deeper green, not as deep as it is currently, and then they're yellow at the head with the North Stars. We're good to go. Yeah, that's fine. I'm cool with that. Cool. All right, Chase. Let's hop into our last piece of Tampa news before we head to a commercial break. Tampa Nashville outdoor game. I'm pumped. Yeah, it's going to be weird, though, because it's happening February 26th in Nashville. Um, it might be a little warm. I, I don't know. I, I saw someone tweet that they had snow that um, at February 26th this year. So, you know, they very well could next year, too, and it could be cold enough. But like, it's a little late. I, I hate I don't like these outdoor games in February. You know, I love outdoor games. They're great. They're cool. They're awesome. Happy Tampa gets to be part of one. It just I just don't like them in February. I think the only reason you should have an outdoor game in February is if you're in Michigan or Wisconsin or in Canada, because in February in those states and in Canada, it's still fucking cold as shit. So that's okay with, you know, that. But when you're in Nashville, like smack dab in the middle of the United States, I mean, a, a little bit to the east, but talking northwest or north south smack dab in the middle of the United States. Yeah, that that might be a little warm. That's for sure. Yeah, give them like a late January where, you know, it's it's like the peak cold really in the end of the day. So if you give like like a mid to late January, that it would be perfect. Yeah. Nonetheless, we will see an exciting game. Um, I'm hoping that some Nashville forwards can step up a little bit and make the game even more exciting than what I expect it to be right now because Nashville's forwards not. Not the most exciting, um, you know, kind of borderline Minnesota Wild type excitement there. Uh, um, but our Tampa Bay Lightning will make it exciting. Yeah, yeah, they definitely will. But I, I really think that Phil Thomas, you know, he was a first round pick from Nashville. I think he'll be on the team next year playing a pretty significant role. Um, he'll be an exciting player to watch. Uh, Eli told him, you know, he's, work, he's working on taking those steps. I think Igor Afanasiev is not an impossible player to make the team. He's not necessarily an exciting player. He's just a horse of a hockey player. He's, he, he needs fun to watch in that sense. Um, so, that, you know, there's a couple of young guys that really have a chance to make that team next year, I think, where they could make it more exciting. So let's hope that happens. A game to mark on your calendar for sure. We can go to a quick commercial break. On the other side, we got a lot of news to talk about, and then we're going to be going over some ESPN NHL coverage talent. It's going to be so fun. We'll be right back. HF Boards is the internet's largest and longest-running community for discussion surrounding ice hockey, including coverage of the NHL, college teams, and anywhere else the sport is played globally. Join in nearly half a million active conversations happening now on HF Boards. All 
All right, we're back. And Chase, let's hit up a couple of pieces of news real quick before we head into uh, some more fun stuff and and maybe even a little bit of a debate towards the end. Who knows what happens there? Um, But first up, Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets an eight-year deal with the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, eight years, 41 mil. Uh, when you look at the value, like it, it's it's a good price. Um, it, it's what he's worth. It very, it very easily, he's worth more than that. I would say honestly. So like it, it, it's very reasonable. But the thing that people are complaining about is the term. You know, he's twenty eight years old, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So that you know puts him at thirty six, or if he's twenty six, he's one of those two. So thirty four, regardless. Um, you know, it, it's gonna make him an an older player. So you know that could be an issue with the term. If he really falls off, then you're just stuck with this. But at the end of the day, the cap should be going up. It should be all good. Um, and, yeah, I think it's a good value. Yeah, hopefully Nuge ages well for at least Edmonton's sake. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I really like the the uh, actual money of it. Maybe not the term, but the money is is an absolute steal. Next up, Chase, Jonathan Taze and why he had such a hard time making it into a lineup this year. Yeah, so if anyone remembers... I'm sure Chicago fans, of course, do. Uh, prior to the season, he said he would not be able to attend camp, and there might be more updates on the road. Eventually, he just never ended up showing up, didn't play any games this year. So he was, uh, I guess, diagnosed, if you want to call it, um, with chronic immune response syndrome. It left him you know, pretty much being really tired, lethargic, uh, not really able to get the energy and be able to go on the ice and perform to peak performance and really in a safe way because if you're playing that exhausted, that you know, lacking of energy, you're bound to get hurt. So... He had to take the time to recover. He plans to play next season, so he's working on getting back up to speed now, getting back to health. You know, that's good for Taves. It's good for Chicago. Is that what Drew has? No, Drew has sickle cell. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I didn't know because, I mean, Drew, he is sick all the time and uh, unfortunate for him. And, hey, Jonathan Taves, love to see him back out on the ice. Uh, Was never one of my favorite players or anything, but – He's a face of the NHL, or at least he was for a good five years in the early 2000s. So definitely, or in the early 2010s, not the early 2000s, because he'd be a little old by now. Um, But yeah, Jonathan Tays, a face of the NHL earlier on. So definitely a guy I want to see back out there on the ice. Agreed. All right, Chase, keeping with Chicago, Duncan Keith. He might be on the move. Yeah, so it was kind of specific. Uh, he might be on the move to a Pacific Northwest team is what I saw. Uh, he has a full, no, full, no move clause. So where he goes is really predicated on where he agrees to go. So if there's a deal to be had, he can tell them, yeah, I'll go there or nah, 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 I'm good. Um, so it, it's just really looking for an opportunity for the Chicago Blackhawks to clear some cap space, give Duncan Keith a chance to maybe go compete somewhere, uh, live in a market that's favorable to him, you know, closer to his home. I think it's kind of what he's going for. So we could see, you know, a very key franchise player for the Blackhawks, someone who's a big face of those Stanley Cups on the move here very soon. Hey, Chase, you know what city is in the Pacific Northwest? What's that, Mike? Seattle. Yes, it is. Trust me. I, I thought about that right away when I read this. I was like, maybe they offer Duncan Keith and I, I got pick to Seattle. And I don't know who they have to expose. I got to look at that. But maybe there's someone they like that they don't want to ex- expose, but they have to. And they say, hey, we'll give you Duncan Keith and this draft pick. Just don't take this guy. Right. I, th- I think that'd be awesome because uh, he would definitely come in and be one of the faces for that Seattle team right away. Uh, he's taken a dip in his play, but he's still a very well-known player in the NHL and was a very good defenseman for a very long time. So he could come in and kind of have that Marc-Andre Fleury role right off the bat. So that would definitely be cool. I'd, I'd enjoy seeing that. 
Agreed. Yeah, I, I think he would be the face of the team. I, I don't know who else they might get that would be more face than him. So I think he would be the face. Right. All right, Chase, let's hop over to talking about the ESPN uh, on air talent. And they've got a really good lineup. And you sent it to me a couple days back and I was looking at it and I'm thinking, man, they did a pretty damn good job. I'm excited to see what the whole production looks like. Yeah, they did a good job getting a lot of, um, you know, the good faces from NBC, bringing them over. Um, and, and someone that they didn't bring over, I was kind of surprised, Patrick Sharp. I thought he would have for sure been coming. Um, but, you know, other, other than that, we're getting, um, you know, Brian Boucher. He'll be back, for example, Kevin Weeks. Uh, it, it's a it's a it's a great cast. You know, Ray Farr will be here as well. I'm excited to see Rick DiPietro here on, on ESPN. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. Uh, it'll be great to hear John Bushcross get to call some NHL games. You know, he's just been doing college hockey or whatever hockey they can get on ESPN. So it'll be cool to see that too. Uh, and it, it just really is a great group. Oh, I also do, don't want to forget Chris Chelios. I mean, I, I think that's like an awesome rock star type of hire. And we can't forget Mark Messier. Uh, there's so many great names out there. Uh, Chase, if you haven't already tweeted it, let's tweet it out on the Bolts broadcast Twitter so everyone yeah. can take a look. Um, I have to say, I am really excited to see Kevin Weeks on ESPN because I thought he did a great job on NHL Network, but NHL Network is just not my favorite. I never thought he was really in a great position to succeed, even though he did well there. I'm excited to see what he can do under the ESPN banner. Yeah, I agreed. Angel Network sucks, really. Ever since MLB Network bought it, it just sucked. So, you know, good for Kevin Weeks. It's someone I've always talked about. I really like what he does. There was rumors that he was going to be like an NHL front office executive, which I thought he could have done well at that role, too. So it'll be cool to see him on ESPN. Um, And I mean, and we haven't talked about any of the females going on, you know, Hillary Knight is obviously, you know, she's one of the great hockey players, too, from the U.S. and the women's. Uh, so she'll be on Leah Hextall as well. It's it just it, I, there's so many names I could go off here. It's just such a tremendous group. I'm so excited. It really is. It's going to be great to see what the whole thing looks like. And we only have to wait a couple of months. It's it's at the end of this year, right? Yes. I've, I I want to say it's just flat out starts the new season. I, I don't know for sure. Perfect. But I, I hope to God it does. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So going to be excited to see all of this talent just perform tremendously, I'm sure. But Chase, now our last little thing to talk about. Uh, the NHL hired a TikToker. Yeah, this is this is <laughs> weird. So Josh Richards, if anybody knows TikTok, I'm going to be honest. I use TikTok. I don't know who this guy is. Um, I, I, don't, I don't watch like viral dance TikToks. I, I you know, my 40 page is full of a lot of sports stuff and jokes and whatever that, that, that type of shit. So I, I don't see these weird viral teenage dancers, uh, but Josh Richards, he's kind of like an advisor, I guess, role to help grow the game, uh, targeted youth audience. I, I, I want to, first of all, I, I do want to say, um, you know, in like his first video, since that got announced, he proceeded to say, fuck the Habs, which I think is kind of funny, you know, we're doing a Tampa, Tampa podcast here. So I think it's kind of funny, but if you're like, you're working in the NHL. Don't don't just like openly drop f bombs when you're trying to get kids. But regardless, I want to hear what you think about this move. Like, do you like the move? You think it's weird? You think it's a bad move? What, what what do you think? I do think it's a little weird. Um, the only reason I know Josh Richards is because he does the podcast with Dave Portnoy. Um, BFFs. Oh, it's that kid. Yes. Oh, kid. okay. Yeah. That so makes more sense. He does the BFFs podcast with Barstool. Um, I've seen it two or three times. So. I know of him. He seems like a decent kid. Um, he also seems like he's into sports, but I don't know if that's just for show for his fans or whatnot. So hopefully he's a big sports guy and he's 
able to help the NHL because the NHL, we talk about it a lot, and you specifically talk about it a lot, Chase. It's the old boys club. You know, they're they're all friends, and there's never this, like, big change. There's never this big youth movement that we've been wanting to see. Uh, they bring in Josh Richards, who I am unsure of his age. I'm guessing he's maybe 19 or 20. Uh, they bring him in to try to grow the game to younger kids. I think that... It could be decent. Um, he's got a huge platform. I think he's at like 20 plus million on TikTok. 25. He's got a huge platform over at Barstool. So I, I think he could help, but I I just don't really get the the thinking from the NHL. Like this is a very unusual move for the NHL where you talk about the old boys club and then they go out and hire a TikToker. It's weird. It's a very, very, very weird move. It's a move I'm really not that big of a fan of. I, I don't think TikTok's the right way to do it. If it is, you find people that are already semi-relevant in like ho- hockey culture and also maybe just have some general pop culture too. So not necessarily someone like like a, like a hockey reporter. You find like like a celebrity who is a known hockey fan but also resonates with kids. So like, you know maybe like like one of the superhero actors if one of them happens to be um you know a hockey fan. I don't know what the hell John Hamm acts in, but for example, he's a giant St. Louis Blues fan. Um, so, you know, I thought maybe if you might maybe went that route and you try to promote them on your like social media platforms that way, that might be a little better and have them promote on their own platforms. Uh, but just a kid who just does like these viral dances and stuff a little weird. Uh, you know, another name I saw someone men- mention this um, and I, I like this idea, too. I don't still know exactly how it work. Um, so uh, you remember the, the guy, uh, Tony. So at on Twitter, it's it's uh, Solu City, S-O-L-O-U-C-I-T-Y. Uh, he was he was the the black hockey fan uh, who like he just randomly came across the, the hockey on the TV. St. Louis Blues fan uh, just randomly came across it and saying he said the thing, man, hi, what white people been hiding hockey from us for all these years? The shit's awesome, you know. Like that like that guy, if anyone anyone remembers him, you know, he is someone who really had zero exposure to the game, randomly came across it, and now is an absolute diehard fan. I think someone like that is more fitting, you know, someone who. They understand what it's like to have no experience and learn to love the game. You know, they can try to relate that to, to people that are in that same boat, you know? Absolutely. The the one thing I think the NHL would worry about is how big is his reach? I, I don't know yeah. his Twitter following, um, but I, I can guarantee it's not 20 plus million like no, Josh no. has on TikTok and stuff. Um, I, I guess all I'll say to finish it off is I really hope – there's no like new dancing segments with the oh NHL, like ESPN. Oh they just God. have a new segment where they just dance. They do TikTok dances. Mm, uh, no, really hoping. No. Oh my gosh, could you imagine? No. Oh no. 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 They get they get no. Josh Richards with Con Smythe winner Nikita Kucherov. No. No. And they start shut. Doing shut TikTok. the hell. No. No, stop even speaking this into existence. Oh, no. Okay, that that's that's the only thing. Um, also, I think the biggest thing the NHL has a problem with right now is they need to make their game look cool. I don't know, Chase, if you saw the conference championship edit that happened on TikTok. Uh, the one kid put it together. It yeah. was really cool. He used, like, Twitter to, to do it, too. It was really cool. Um, they, they need more... Um, I guess inventism and uh, what am I trying to say? Yeah. Creativity. They're trying to, they need more creativity when it comes to advertising the game. And they also just need to flat out advertise the game because outside of 
like three commercials on game day during NBC's broadcast. I see nothing about the NHL. They don't advertise worth a fuck. Let's be honest. That That is the best way to explain it. They're by far the worst of the four major sports leagues in terms of advertising. I think the MLS is worse, so I'm not going to say the major five. Uh, but of the major four, they're pretty much by far the worst. They don't do themselves any favors. They do themselves a giant disservice, actually. Their marketing team has to be the same people, just like so this old group. They don't do a very job of targeting the young audience. You know, they don't bring in these a lot of these young performers, a lot of these people that really resonate with a younger group. You know, like, for example, the, the, like the Nickelodeon, like show, like what they did for the football game. You know, if they did if they did a similar type of thing for hockey where they just they put it on like a kids network just to show them the game. You know, that's something that would help, too. But that's something that they would never do. Because they're like they value too much of, you know, of the culture, the tradition of the, of the sport, which is fair to an extent, you know, just doing something like that to try to help grow the game. That's not doing anything disrupt, disruptive, or disrespectful to the culture and the history and tradition. So they just need to get more creative. As we kind of talked about, they need to hire younger people, hire people that can better resonate, you know, with that, like hire kids fresh out of college. Don't look for like I, I saw an NHL marketing job. They wanted 10 years of experience. Sure. Like you want that much experience when you're working for the NHL, but 10 years of experience like you're going to be 35 plus years old. It's that's a generation. It's a large generation difference, especially in, in nowadays world. Um, I'm just going off on giant tangent here. The NHL needs to do a better job marketing. As you said, I 100% agree. They need to just hire flat out different people. If the NHL is so strict about their history and tradition, why the fuck were they trying to touch fucking boxing or, or fucking fighting in the league? Like, yeah. why are they trying to get rid of fighting if they're into this tradition shit, you know? Um, I, I think it's a joke and the NHL, I think the only reason they did this Josh, Josh Richards thing is they're hoping he can be their advertisement alone, which is not going to be the case. He's not going to bring them 20 million new viewers. Uh, they needed to, instead of hiring a TikToker, they needed to hire a bunch of creative minds to enter their advertising, advertising room because, that's what they need, and that's what the Bulls broadcast says, so that's what is known, and that is what needs to happen. X. All right, Chase, that's it for the show. We're going to move to hockey name of the day here. Uh, whoo, we got a hard name here, a total of five letters. Damn, that's tough. Uh, but pronunciation could get me, I'll be honest, it could. Let's go. We got either Zane, Zahn, or Zan. I'm going to go Zan, Oos. You're so close. It's Zahn. Oos. Ah. I thought you were going to be cheeking. Yo, huh, Zanus. Ha, ha, ha. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no. So Zahn Oos, Z-A-N space U-S, is a Slovenian goalie, actually. Uh, you know, he's he's playing in the Alps League last season. He'll be in um, the Austrian League, which is the, the, the Ice Hockey League. That's what it's called. Um, you know, he's a decent goaltender. He's 25 years old. Um, he's played a little bit internationally for Slovenia. I think he's someone that could be, you know, really on the radar for like world championships, world championships stuff down the road. He's kind of developed more the last few years, but yeah, you know, he's a decent goaltender. Um, you know, I, I love either really short names or really long names. So when I came across this one, I was like, I, I, I'm all for it. Sign me up. Yeah. I think that's by far the shortest name we've had on hockey name of the day. Five letters total. Yeah, it has to be. Has to be. So very cool name there, Chase. That's going to do it for the show. So excited to see what happens Friday night. And then we get a little break to celebrate July 4th. Game four will be on Monday. So get excited about that. That's going to do it for this show. Chase, hit him with an outro.
As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can check us out there. Uh, you know, you can support not just us, but the whole network. We'd all really greatly appreciate it. Excuse me. Nothing required, but just a way to get more content. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bulls Broadcast, that is at Bulls Broadcast. Then you can also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at Bulls Broadcast. Or, geez. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. So those three uh, Twitter accounts, both broadcast, HockeyPodNet, and WMP Sports Pod, you're going to get all the sports content you need. You don't need anything else. Just listen to us 24-7. Uh, you know, pay, just pay us millions of dollars to listen to us because we're just the greatest. We, we would really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to go to the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com, find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, you can click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Don't forget to check out the blogs while you're there, too. You know, there's not a whole lot up there right now. We're working on the process of getting more going. Uh, but, yeah, make sure to check out those. Well, wherever you're listening, rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns, and do not forget to use code THPN when it's time for DraftKings. I mean, hell, Chase, if there's any millionaires out there that want to give us millions of dollars, I am so down. We will be your sugar podcast hosts. <laughs> I like that. That's a great way to end the show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>